three, two, bam, we're live. We did it. All right. <laughs> where, uh, where are you at? What state? What state are you in? Uh, Florida, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, oh, nice. Pensacola, Alabama. <laughs> why? 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 They don't like to consider us Florida just because we're like the northern tip. So everybody's like, man, you're so close to Alabama. It's it's considered Alabama there. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. But yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> no, I, uh, Florida sounds like a great place to be right now. I'm in California and, and all my friends who, you know, we've had a mass uh, migration out of the state. Uh, yeah. We got we got uh, we got serious issues here. I was uh, it was oh, interesting. Um, I was listening to. um. I got, a, I got this guy coming on the show next week named Patrick Bet David. Have you heard of him? I have not, no, sir. Uh-uh. He, he's he's a businessman and uh, and a really forward thinker, like a, like a really forward thinker, like one of those people who's like really introspective and like always trying. Like um, he was in a conversation with Joe Rogan. He was on the Joe Rogan show. Oh, wow. I was listening okay. to that podcast, and he basically I've never seen this happen. Well, I haven't listened to a lot of Joe Rogan, but he basically turned the whole interview around the entire time. He's basically oh, wow. Joe Rogan, and I was just I was. <laughs> Um, and one of his things is is to not confuse the symptom with the issue. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. for example, they keep saying we have a homeless problem in the United States. We do not have a homeless problem in the United States. That is the symptom. The issue is we have a drug problem in the United States. How do I know this? Because I was homeless for seven years, and I, there was only oh, wow. me and one other guy in the thousands of homeless people I ever met who wasn't a drug addict. Yeah. They think we have a That's corona. True, yeah. They think people are dying from coronavirus in this country. That is not what's happening. That is the <laughs> symptom. The issue yeah. is is that we're in a tsunami of chronic disease from people drinking twelve soda pops a day. It's the same Going thing with in. age. They keep see, saying this thing kills old people. That is, there, there's. I had a Simel Horta on here, the doctor, and he said there's not mm-hmm. been a single. St- he even claimed it was old people dying from uh, coronavirus, and I oh, said, wow. "Is there science that shows that?" And he goes, "Actually, there hasn't been a study. It's just a correlate. It's not a cause." Yeah. If you're 80 years old, you've been drinking Coca-Cola for 40 <laughs> years. You're fucked. You, you know what you I mean? So yeah, yeah. We have this whole. We have this whole underlying. country of just looking at um, symptoms and trying to cure the symptoms. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like having your door really open and the, and the ocean water is coming in and then you're just pumping the ocean water out. No, close the fucking door. That's the close issue. It, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's nuts. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It We're is in a nuts. crazy, crazy time. That's that's what I'm realizing. Um, it is nuts. And the, the, the racism, the racism thing is the exact same way. We know that we we know the cause. We know the cause almost to a certainty that that the strongest correlate for all inequality at this point where we are in the country is people not being raised by their mom and dad. Oh, yeah. Not skin color. Well, it's, it's obviously not skin color. I mean, oh, yeah, that has nothing to I'm do off, with it. It's yeah, all, I know. Yeah. I'm off on a wrong foot with you. You, you are. <laughs> let me say this about you. You're an amazing human being. And my belief my knowledge of the world is, is that we're all mirrors here. There are no individuals here. And so that when someone like you does what you've done, the journey you've been on, you're, you're telling the whole – you're you're just emanating good shit to the whole world. Well, you're you. basically, yeah, that. Yeah, you're doing your part. <laughs> That's like – I, um, I'm fascinated by weight loss journeys and, and I, and I consider these people and I know the terms used loosely these days, um, as heroes and people will be like, no, no, why are they heroes? They should have, they should have never put on the weight in the first place. And, and I don't agree with that at all. It's everyone's yeah. on their journey. And now we have a huge segment of this population, massive where a lot, all their problems 
are, 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 are being manifested in this weight gain and, um, and you took full responsibility for it. That's another thing, right? You're crossing yeah. the street and a car hits you and you're screaming at the driver. And you, you, <laughs> you were hit, crossing the street. <laughs> you, you hit me and I had the right away. It's like, dude, like it's your life. Even if you did have the right away, even if the light was green, it's you just got hit by a fucking car and you're still blaming people. Like, take some, yeah, 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 take some ownership. Yeah. How, how did you learn personal <laughs> responsibility? Um, for me, it was just one of those things where I had to make up my own mind. Um, you know, my entire life I had to cram down of people, everyone else wanting me to lose weight. You know, my mom huh? and dad, my parents, my my grandparents, my friends. I remember my friends going to my mom and dad at like. 21 22 of me like yo he's he's gonna die like you've got to like convince him to change his life um so it's kind of like a wake-up moment at, you know, at 21 people were saying that to you i remember going to a car show uh at 21 or 22 um with some friends and like my mom and dad was out of town and they actually showed up at the event and uh, one of my friends like pulled my parents aside and was like hey like he's struggling to make it through this car show just walking and standing his back hurt from so bad like is there like we got to talk to them. Like, and it's almost like they planned, like they, they never did think of this, but like, um, it's like they had literally planned like an intervention to try to yeah. help me. Um, just, but, but it's cause they were concerned for me. That's all, you know, they were doing it. Yes. Love, but, um, but until you make up your own mind to make that change, it, it, it's useless. You don't have the driving force to actually complete it yourself. So you've got to want it for yourself, not others. So um, when did, when did you start getting heavy? When I did was you start- big. Um, from a, as a little kid, um, I remember going to like dietitians at like seven and eight years old, uh, with pediatricians and things. Um, but yeah, I started in very small. Like I noticed probably when I was like six that I was a lot bigger than everybody else. We started passing out these little baseball cards for individual, uh, like cards for our team that we were on at the time. And I remember passing around and everybody's weight was like 60, 70 pounds. And I was at a whopping 110 and I was like, wow, you know, man. In my head, I'm like, shit, man, I can't pass this out. Like, no, I'm, I'll keep these, you know? So uh, I remember finding one recently. It's like, man, it, it started way back then and just slowly progressed. I let it get out of control. And and and, and why? Um, you, you Like at home, you were drinking Capri Suns and Ritz crackers and like what, what was going on at home? You know, no, man, I ate a lot of Southern fried food. Um, born and raised in Pensacola, it's very Southern. And, and um, my grandparents lo- love to either cook or take us out to eat. That's what we did. Um, and at the time, they they just wanted me to be happy and let me live as a kid. And in all reality, me being happy and letting me live and eat all my fried foods and chicken tenders and burgers and burritos at night was killing me. Um, and then after about, I'd say, I think I turned around 18, 19, I was already 300 pounds, 350. Um, and then just kept going up from there. Uh, and then I think after my like highest weight total recorded at a doctor was 515. Uh, and, and you, how do they, how do they, how do they do that? How do, they, how, the how do you weigh someone at 515? Like, is there, a, I didn't even know there was a scale for that. Yeah, they have specialized scales. Uh, they, they have scales in the doctors that go up to like a thousand. Um, I bought one off Amazon when I first started that goes up to seven fifty. Um, still got it. I, I actually was thinking about giving it away for like my three year anniversary uh, and buying oh. one of the new like smaller scales. But yeah, uh, but yeah, so that was that was pretty fun. But yeah, I, I found a scale that measures measures seven fifty. <laughs> uh, so. What about soda pop? What role did soda pop play? Did you were you a big soda drinker? Man, that's actually so funny you've asked me that. You're the first person to ask me, like, soda or drinking, like, at all. And that was actually my biggest issue. That's why my stomach, in my opinion, 
hung so low because man i could put down some soda um i remember at one point at my biggest point i could go through two two liters a day just sitting down just like boom 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 just poison um and, and what and tea. what mountain mountain dew Oh, Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, um, oh. and Sweet Tea. Those, those were my my two. I'd say my three, my three go tos. So, and so you'd have these massive, massive insulin spikes, and then you would need more food to address oh, yeah. the insulin. So you drink it. Yep. You drink. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. The um, I I suspect um that uh, soda is like at the at the center of it's the gasoline on the fire. You know, like I, I hear statistics, oh, yeah. like 55% of the calories in Mexico are consumed from soda pop. And I think that it's something, I think it's something massive in the United States too. And oh, so, yeah. uh, an, another thing that I'm, that I'm tripping on, um, and I don't go there anymore, uh, since they went woke, but I used to go to Starbucks yeah. a lot, uh, since they uh, turned okay. into basically a racist, sexist company, I avoid them. But, um, they, those I would go in there. I live in a beach town. Also, I live in Santa Cruz, California, and oh, I will I'll go into the Starbucks, and I, I would be there like at you know seven in the morning, eight in the morning, and I would see just like a line of I don't know in my head right now. I just see this line of like thirty <laughs> obese women, and they're all getting uh, Trenta and Venti things with sugar just squeezed onto them. Oh man. And yeah. I'm like, wow, what a way to start your morning. Like for me, like when I would drink those, they'd be like one every six months and I would just, <laughs> it would be nuts. Yeah. You'd be but wired. I would see, I'd be like, man, these women start their morning with just a big old dose of gasoline on the fire, on the insulin fire. Oh yeah. No, I mean, and it's, it's so true. Like I was looking, um, my girlfriend at the time, you know, she could put down some Starbucks and they are uh, just insane in Cal. I had no idea. Let's I, thank goodness. I never had an issue with it. I wasn't a big coffee drinker. Yeah. Um, but um, I tell you one thing I did go in, man, I would just pile in the sugar. In fact, I remember the Starbucks person being kind of shocked, like, damn, he's going to have a, a, a di- diabetic coma <laughs> in the drive-thru. But uh, I ended up, man, we got the Trenta. It was like a passion tea lemonade or whatever. It's the massive yeah. like lemonade yeah. thing they make. But it tastes awful if you get it the way they make it. So you got to get it with like tons and tons of sugar. So, man, I was getting like four extra pumps of sugar on that thing. It was enough to like kill like three people probably. But yeah, um, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know the calories or sugars that was in that drink. <laughs> so, there, I, yeah. W- when did you have your you, – you had you ended up having bariatric surgery. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had um, vertical sleeve gastrectomy or bariatric surgery in April of 2019. Uh, so I'm sneaking up on three years total. And um, April 19th. So they don't actually – do they actually remove a piece of your intestine or anything like that? Uh, so not the intestine. That's part of the gastric bypass. Um, okay. Cut your uh, stomach and reroute it to your like your small intestine and then reroute it. For the sleeve, they basically take your stomach. Here's your, your actual portion of your stomach, and they cut out like 80% of it. And they make like a little pouch and just reattach. So basically so your, helping you control your, 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 for, uh, your food control and portion portion. So, so they cut out 80% of your stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that scary? Uh, so there was a lady many years ago I interviewed and she had lost 150 pounds and she had done the one where they cut out part of her intestine. And in mm-hmm. hindsight, she wished she hadn't have done it 
because what she didn't take into calculation was the fact that she, that that part of her intestine, I believe, I don't want to say this wrong and feel free to unfuck me if I'm way off. That part of her intestine absorbed was where a certain vitamin was absorbed or vitamins. Mm. And since oh, she yeah. lost that part of her intestine, she had to supplement that vitamin for the rest of her life. Is there anything where you have to do that? Um, so that's a great question. You are supposed to supplement your vitamins. Um, thank goodness. Now I may get some feedback from this from people as I say sure. this, but um, I personally didn't dive into the vitamins at all as much as people did. And, and in reality, I'm losing my hair because of it. Um, I didn't take the biotin and collagen that I needed to. And so um, I'm losing my hair. Uh, now I take it religiously every morning and every night. Um, and even in my protein shakes, I take the, the biotin. But um, it is true when you, when you go through the, the bariatric surgery route and you do the R and Y or gastric bypass, you do suffer with being able to take vitamins in through your food, uh, through your, your drinks, all that. Um, that's why it's so easy to get malnourished as well. After surgery it happened to me. Um, I got no shit dehydrated. Oh yeah. I got dehydrated and malnourished like after surgery and had to go get like IVs and stuff. So, um, because the thing is, is, and you kind of like, think of it like a clock. If you have to take a sip, like when you first come out of surgery, like every 15 minutes or 30 minutes and you get behind, well, normally for us, we uh, just take an extra gulp. Yeah. But if you start getting behind and you miss and you miss and you miss, then like you can't catch that time back up. So now you're like, oh, well, I'm 25% dehydrated today. And you keep trying and you just finally, after like a week or so of struggling to get your water intake, you're like, okay, I feel like shit. I'm dehydrated. Did sure you, enough, um, I had to go get it. It, has that stopped? Has that stopped, or do you still have to consume water? At, you still have to be conscious of that. It has, yeah. It, it stopped now because I can. I chug water now. Um, I'll be at the gym and just knocking it out um, left and right. I try to aim for a gallon to a gallon and a half a day now. So, did you go to the gym um, before you had the surgery? Uh, I tried. Uh, that's a that's one of the questions I love asking. Or, or I don't I don't want to say questions. I get a lot of response from people like, "Well, why didn't you try working out beforehand?" Um, I did. You know. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot. Of, it, first of all, if you can show me a treadmill at Planet Fitness or a gym in anywhere that can let a 500 pound person jog on it, I'll kiss your ass. Uh, I, I, did it. <laughs> right. I, I tried. I tried. And I'll, I'll be honest with you at 500 pounds. I remember getting so frustrating and like getting just blood faced embarrassed because like as I'm walking, I'm not even jogging. I'm walking. The treadmill underneath me is getting stuck at 500 pounds. Like the, wow. the part that slides like. No shit. So whenever it's like, oh man, you ever worked out? Yeah, yeah, I did multiple times. <laughs> by the by <laughs> the way, I didn't so. I, I wasn't going with that um angle. My angle wasn't um, hey, why the fuck didn't you work out? My angle right, was right, I'm right. curious how you built the habit. So so I'm assuming this is this is where I'm going with this whole thing kind of here in the mm -hmm. beginning. You have this bariatric surgery, but you have on uh, at let's say it's uh, uh April of 2019. Yeah. And on this side, you have all these habits. Mm -hmm. But on this side, you're going to need different habits, right? We already oh, yeah. talked about we already talked about one of them, consume water. Oh yeah. More, more water, water, right? <laughs> um But by the way, it's in, the, going back to the vitamin thing real quick. You have amazing skin. It's Thank interesting it's interesting that. to see that you would have you don't look like someone who's vitamin uh who, you, do you know what I mean? I mean like you you would yeah. think you would see it in your skin. Your skin is like like smooth, I, I like meticulously snow. put lotion on every day on my hands yeah. and face. I'm very weird about that. Like I, I like doing my beard and stuff. So I'm very big on lotions and trying to take care of my skin. I just, 
man, I guess I missed the ball when it comes to taking, like, I didn't take any of my vitamins. Uh, well, I, I tried though. I got sick and, and like my boss can attest for this, like the first three months after surgery, man, I was sick as a dog because I could look at food. I could think about food. I could take a sip of something like even the texture or like, was this too thick or like not thick enough instantly. I'd, I'd be sick as a dog. So after a while, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this my way. Uh, I'm not going to take these vitamins. And then after about three months, man, I was good. I was solid. Wasn't having any more issues like, you know, so stuck with it. And yeah, but uh, you're absolutely right. No, if I'd have maintained the habits prior from April to now, I would never be here. I would be dead. So, what are some, has soda come, do you ever drink soda? Very, very rarely. Um, if I do, it's like on like a, a cheat. I want to I don't want to say cheat day because I hate that word. But like if I'm having like a fun day out with friends and everybody's, you know, out and about and we're at dinner and something. Sure, I'll have like a, a soda every now and then, but um, like right now, no, I, I'm in a cut until June, so it's it's all water or like sugar free stuff for me right now. Is, is do, do you feel like if I um, do you ever feel guilty for that stuff or shame yourself? Like you're like and leverage that part of your ego to make sure you stay on the straight and narrow. Like I like um, it's ten o'clock at night. I haven't I haven't worked out yet. And uh, fuck you, you're going to go out and walk a fucking mile. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. And, and no, kind of um, leverage and just keep keep yourself. Because some people say it's not good to feel guilty or shame yourself. But for me, I I, I leverage the shit out of that. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday um, because yesterday I was just having kind of like an off day. Like I said, I'm, I'm in a meal prep. I'm focused on counting macros and stuff and trying to be ready for a bodybuilding show in June. And um, so what? Seriously? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Good I'm, on I'm, you! I'm, Holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have my first uh, transformation bodybuilding show in June. So uh, yeah, we were just trying to talk about that, and like I, I had to go to the store and prep and do all this food prep and trying to cook meat and stuff. And so that's been a little more difficult. But um, we were just talking about like uh, sodas and like how like um, I was. Oh, we're talking about tacos, street tacos. And like, I, I love Mexican food, man. I can destroy some Mexican food. Um, oh, me so it's like, man, I'd love just to like have a day of tacos and like going to the market and, you know, walking around enjoying the sunlight and going by the water and things. And, and I realized, and I was, I was telling her, I was like, you know, I, I, I wish I could take that mindset away of like treating food as being bad sometimes. And, you know, cause food isn't bad. It's the way that we treat it is bad. You know, we treat it as a crutch. We treat it as a, uh, a way to get through our mental and, and I'll say it like fucked up lives. Uh, yep. I, that's what I did. I used it as a crutch to realize that I was so broken, depressed and everything all through life. And I never even knew it. I had no idea. Uh, and so I would run to it and use it as my, my, my security blanket, um, which is weird using a burger as a security blanket, but hell it worked for me, I guess. Uh, I, <laughs> I say it worked, but here I, you know, ended up blowing up, but um, yeah staring at food and treating it as like a, a reward, a reward system or, or treating it as it, as it's bad and has been something that I've struggled with, especially coming from surgery because I've spent my life looking at food as like, Oh man, I can't have soda. It's going to be bad. Or like, Oh man, I know I don't need this. Like I'm 500 pounds. Like, do I really need another large fry? Um, so you couldn't even enjoy the food, even though you're 500, you were 500 pounds. You, you can't even enjoy the food because you, you're, you're, it's too much guilt, too much shame. Every time you eat it, you're having this fucking whole conversation. You, yeah, you, you, would, um, you would overcome that very quick. And that's why like in my mindset at 500 pounds, I'd be like, you know what? I, I'm never going to make a change. I can't change. It's too late. I've already reached that breaking point. 
let's eat another burger, you know? Right. And or, that's or, or a pizza. Or, let's eat a whole uh, yeah, pizza. pizza. Tacos. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> the amount of food. Uh, my dad was joking the other day. He was like, you know, I knew that you had a problem when we went through the drive through. Um, and I, we, I was like 22 at the time. Um, and uh, we spent like $55 on food for me and her alone. And I was like, that is, my dad pulled me aside. He's like, what, what are you doing? Like you do, you're not eating all that. And I was like, well, no, I am. And he's like, and that's why you are the size you are, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just some things like that where it's like, I should have, I, there's wake up calls. There was wake up calls all along. I should have realized. And I'm mad that I didn't pick up on them sooner, but um yeah that was that there was a few of them like that with my dad where it's like man i should have i should have read the signs right there like I, something any normal person would have been like oh like you just spent 55 dollars in a drive-through line like yeah light should be turning on right now you know but no, I, I remember I being a, i remember being a kid and we would go to mcdonald's and i would get a 20 piece chicken mcnuggets a milkshake and a fries i would never let my kid my seven-year-old kid do that and I would get four of the mustard hot sauce ones, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I oh, yeah. and I would be determined to eat all four of the hot sauces with all 20 McNuggets. Like, so every five McNuggets, I guess that's where you I was eating so good at math. I would, uh, yeah, I would make sure that, it, okay, every five McNuggets got to eat a whole thing of sauce. And I'm just scraping <laughs> the inside and then it's nuts. Can you I relate to that? You can't feed a 12 year old or a seven year old a 20 piece chicken McNugget. That's like, no. And and not I wouldn't even I, get my kid a milk. I would never even get my kid a milkshake now, like unless it was you know like his birthday or some shit. Yeah, um, you know it for me. It was something uh, I I look back on it and I realized like, yes, it was me making choices, but it started young. Like I remember leaving middle school and like, or I say middle school. I think it was more like kindergarten, like my first few years of like you know first grade, second grade. My grandmother picked me up from school, and man, like the lunches that we had back then were very, very, very small. And I'll admit that even to like a normal size kid, like they were small. Like we got two nuggets and that was it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, I remember leaving and it was like a noon checkout. That's when we'd always leave back then because it was early. So they didn't feed as much. So it was time for lunch. Well, my grandmother, you know, she's a sweet old Southern lady. Oh baby, let me feed you, you know? So yeah. what would we do? Drive through every day. Um, yeah. Oh, you want your own, you want your own personal pizza from pizza hut? Oh, baby, of course I got, you know, like pat on the back. Let's do it. So um, the enablement was there. Um, and so I, I ran with it. And I enabled myself w- along with them to, to blow up at a young age. And then after that, just kept on going. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. You can, you can blame your parents in the world all you want. And yeah. you could be a hundred percent right. But, but, but you die there with that. <laughs> you don't at some point, I think for me, that's like an adult when you finally take a hundred percent accountability and personal responsibility for everything. That girl broke up with me because of I'm responsible. My feelings were hurt right. here. That car crashed into me. It was still my fault. I bought a car. I decided to drive. You know, you just start oh, yeah. like um everything and you just have to you have to own everything and start working on it like exactly the moment you start owning up to your own faults and your own mistakes and you realize that yes those people may have played a a part it you are the ultimate deciding factor in getting like yeah now it's all yours it's all yours yeah so it's all yours are you a pretty forgiving person um i am yeah i would say i am uh for the most part it you know 
screw me once it happens screw me twice i'm an idiot screw me three times we're out of there i'm not giving you any more chances but yeah for the most part i'm 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 forgetful um i i, I like i'm I want to be forgiven as much as possible. So yeah. and I know I make mistakes. So um, I'm, I'm very quick to forgive others. So I'm not perfect by any means. But My, my thought on the subject is, is uh, and I've told this story a bunch of times, but basically the, um, the guy, I, I front him a bunch of weed. Um, he sells it. He owes me 4,000 bucks. He tells me he's got the money. I don't go pick it up at his house because he lives a couple hundred miles away for like four years or not uh, four months. I go down there and he's like, in, I go to his house and he's moved into a new house. I'm like, hey, I'm here to pick up my money. He's like, oh, dude, I spent your money. I'm like, on what? And he goes, I moved into this new house. I had to pay first, middle, and deposit. I'm like, okay. And he never pays me back, but I, I'm, I'm not throwing the friendship away over it. No fucking yeah. way. It, it's on him now. I, it is, yeah. you, I don't front you weed anymore. Well, I don't even sell weed <laughs> anymore. But this is thirty <laughs> years ago. But yeah. Um. I, but but I just can't. Um. I just, I just can't. Yeah. I just I, I just reach a level of maturity. It's just like like you like you kind of like you court. were saying the, yeah. at some point it's like shame on me like okay okay i get it i get it yeah and now shame that guy me, knows yeah. he owes me money why should i carry around that i'm mad at him he's the one who's tripping that he owes me money he should be carrying that on him that like yeah we're cool i like self, going over like, to his house yeah. and making him feel yeah. awkward hey you got my money <laughs> you know? but hey, i can uh, just go into his fridge and eat a steak now and he can't say <laughs> shit <laughs> Going through his pantry, like, give me your fruit snacks. I'll take those. <laughs> going on with me. <laughs> um, how old were you in 2019 when you had the surgery? I was 25. Yeah. So can, can you tell me about this, how um, surgery pops on your radar and yeah. um, the, 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 not only the formal process that they make you go through to get mm -hmm. surgery, but the, the mental hoops you go through, what your friends tell you, all that shit. In the decision making yeah. um so i'll start kind of like before like when i like kind of what made me realize and say okay this is it um so i had thought about surgery for a while after like you get so big you realize that there's not many options left um in all reality like and that's what that's why i kind of i don't want to say i get defensive but i am a little defensive when everybody's like well you could have worked out i, I tried i did i tried the, the doctors and the i tried the programs and all that and nothing ever worked for me <clears throat> so um, you know, I'm talking to my primary care one day, um, and I was like, you know, is surgery an option? And my primary was very always forward. And he's like, oh, this is baby fat. You'll lose it. But, you know, if it's something later on, you know, that we're gaining weight, then yeah, uh, we can talk about it. So, you know, a year or two goes on, um, and I'm in New Orleans uh, with my ex-wife at the time. And That shit we, concerns me, by the way, with when doctors – like doctors who don't – like most doctors don't know shit, unfortunately, about nutrition. And I, the vast, vast majority. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just he, baby fat. He should have been like, "Hey, motherfucker, fat people's immune system is compromised, and if you're obese, you're going to die prematurely, 100." percent That's one of yeah, the few things that we it, do know. One of the yeah, few. It's true. It, yeah, it's, it's your like, big man. It's it's it's. Uh, I, I like to refer to it as like an underlying issue, but it's it's overlying at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy but, that he tells you that. I, I'm, I'm, but go on. Sorry. Yeah. On. No. 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 You're fine. You're fine. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, we're we're in New Orleans and. Um, man, I'm realizing I'm so tired walking from like restaurant to restaurant or like attraction to attraction. Um, and I made it to two and I was like, okay, I can't do this, babe. I gotta, I gotta order Uber. So I break out Uber and I'm ordering Uber and two days goes by. 
Um, and I, you know, I'm checking my statement. I spent like 180 something dollars, like $188 on Ubers in that two and a half day period in New Orleans. Walking around um, instead of walk places that you could have yeah, walked. Places I could have walked. And the Uber driver is kind of one of the things that, that was just like, it was one of those things where the light bulb turned on and was like, Hey, wake up. But the Uber driver was like, got mad at me. Cause you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Bourbon street and how everybody like starts to walk on it at night and it fills up and traffic and things like that. Well, me ordering an Uber and them coming on Bourbon Street to Nightmare, and our hotel was like right there on Bourbon Street. And so I called the Uber, and literally we were going like point zero one miles away. Like I mean, wow! I, I, in all reality, man, I probably could have walked there. Um, it was less than like on Bourbon Street with traffic with people. It was less than ten minutes away. Like it was point zero one miles away. So. I get in the thing and the Uber driver, like, I don't know if back then it was where it wouldn't tell the person where they were going until they accepted the ride and we got in the car. So she accepts the ride and then she, I never, I'll never forget it. She's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And like mumbled out her breath. And I was like, I looked at my wife and I was like kind of in shock. And she's like, are we really going point zero one? Y'all couldn't have just walked. And I remember looking down and I was kind of rude, but I was like, no, I'm, fa- I'm, and I was like, no, I'm a fat ass. I'm not walking up point zero one. I can't. You did that. say that. You did say that. Oh yeah. Oh, I did. 100. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get her. I, I was I like my it. own worst critic back then. Yeah. I, I mean, wow. I, I realized early, like, if I could beat people to the punch and, you know, say that, uh, like, you know, that was just my my security blanket. So, I mean, when she hit me with that, I was like, like, who the hell is this Uber driver? You know. But at the same time, that Uber driver was potentially somebody that saved my life because it, it slowly got me thinking like, man, my Uber driver Dalton in a whole nother state just called you out on your weight. Like, wake up, bro. If, I'm, I'm going to say something you're... really harsh here. Oh yeah, please do. That is the collapse of civilization. It's not the coronavirus. It's not the woke fucks. It's not the Ukrainian war. It's the fact that America is so obese that we're crushing the fucking system having to cope with it. It, it, It's 86. I've said it a million times. 86% of all health expenditure goes towards chronic disease that's caused from poor diet, poor lifestyle stresses. And the doctors don't have the cure. No. The cure's in your hand right now. Drinking water, taking personal responsibility. One person (laughs) coming on podcast, sharing your journey. It's nuts. It is fucking nuts. This, like... It's it, 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 it is tr- it's truly it, it's crushing it's crushing where d- this country is dying because of obesity it's it's dying oh. under chronic disease it's nuts and that Uber driver that moment you had is kind of like mm-hmm. the summation of the big picture yeah hey was, was the Uber driver fat um no uh no, no, no. they were just like yeah they were a smaller person so oh. um it was a combination of that and then um one day i'd come to my grandparents house like pick up my mail and do some things and um back then i like because i was so big i struggled with sleep apnea and, and falling asleep and and um like also at the same time like i would fall asleep in the most random places um i mean i literally at one point was about to have to stop driving because i was like just I'd be driving, just boom, instantly fall asleep. That's hormones um, just from sugar in your bloodstream? Just I, I, I don't know what it, I think. Well, I had sleep apnea diagnosed really bad. And I found out um, through this video, there's a video that my grandmother filmed me on her little iPhone. It's so bad. Wally, bless her heart. She was trying. But she she was filming me, and I had fell asleep after work just with, like, my mail in my arms and everything just, like, on the couch. And you can watch me, like, it's three minutes of just, like, me gasping. Ga- like, I don't mean just, like, a, a snore, like a – 
I mean, like a like gasping for air. Uh, and she's like, baby, like you're, you're, you're not breathing while you're, you're sleeping and show me the video. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, you know? Could you well, sleep laying down when you were five fifteen, or um, the other people I've spoke to say you reach a certain rate where you have to sleep in chairs. Cause if you sleep down, you, you suffocate. Uh, well, I was close. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I found out. I was on average stop breathing over 140 times per hour, um, after two sleep tests or I'm sorry, a sleep test and a half technically. That's so. more than twice a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was one of the highest cases they've ever seen. It was so bad that in Pensacola, my doctor, so they normally do two sleep tests. They do one where you go through for eight hours on your, your like sleeping on your own and they monitor like all of your, your, um, your system basically just make sure you're not waking up and all that. And then the next week or the week after they bring the doctor in, they put you on a sleep apnea machine um, or CPAP, excuse me. And then, um, you know, have you tested out? Uh, well, mine, I didn't even make it to the second test, man. Uh, I started, fell asleep at by 10 and by like 1231, they'd already brought a doctor in on site and made me like, wake up, hook me up to the machine. They're like, we're not letting you leave home without a machine or we're not letting you leave here without a machine in the morning so oh man yeah they made me fall asleep from like one to six woke me back up at six waited like two or three hours to like rush the like shit through with my insurance and like trying to find out what they would cover like on a rush like this because the doctor's like yeah you're like it's bad like you should have been dead years ago we don't understand your oxygen levels drop out way too low like everything's way too low you you shouldn't be here with us um and that was that gone is your sleep apnea gone it is, uh, it is for the most part. I don't use a CPAP anymore. Um, oh, you must be so stoked. Snore, so. You must be so <laughs> stoked to kick that machine to the curb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I looked like a jet pilot when I was going to sleep. Um, you know, <laughs> I looked like I was getting in a Boeing 747 ready to take off. Uh, yeah. You know, mouthpiece and everything on. But um, I will say the first night I ever slept with a CPAP, um, they're like, oh, it's so annoying. You're going to hate it. I loved it. And the only reason I loved it was because I slept, man. I hadn't been sleeping in years and I didn't realize that I got my first night's sleep. And it was so funny because like three days later, all this energy at 500 pounds just came rushing back. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. You know, I feel alive. Like, and so I started like working a little more at work. Like I started pulling more overtime and like making a little more money. Cause I was like, well, damn, like I have more energy. I feel like I can move. And then, um, and the, and the reason why it took a long time is I was fighting my thyroid. My thyroid levels were extremely high. Um, and I was trying to get them under the, I think it's, I'm going to probably butcher the word. I think it's TSH levels, if I remember correctly. Um, and, oh, you mentioned that in your, um, in your mm, Instagram. And I was, you said you've been, yeah. uh, this, you said, this is it. This is, oh, oh no, no, here it is. Let me see. Is that what, is that what these are? Let me show you It may you have this. been the number. Yeah. Let me show you this real quick. This right here. Th- these are because I couldn't figure out what these numbers are. Yes, that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TSH. So that was my original test for my doctor. That was, man, I had been waiting on that fucking test for a year. And that, I get so emotional over that test because that was a picture that changed everything. That was my announcement to the world like, hey, I am having surgery. I just got my all my life. This is the last step that I made it through. This is it. We're We're doing it. And so. And so tell me about um, these numbers. Why, 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 what about these numbers yeah. did you need to have the test? So, and let me get really close to the screen. Cause they're going to Yeah. So it went under, if you look on the, the bottom right where it says uh, 0.5 or 5.60, yes, that sir. is a, the top of the threshold for insurance to approve you for surgery. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I didn't get under that 5.6, I I would not have been able to have surgery. And what does that number represent? Oh, that is something to do with your thyroid level. Um, other okay. than that, I yeah, it's way above my head. <laughs> and is that something you had? You had to change your diet to a point where they were like, "Okay, you can have the surgery." I did, yes, sir. Yeah, I had to. I had to show them for six months that I could lose weight, uh, you know, or lose as much weight as possible. Um, but in that time frame of six months, like that, that's why mine took even longer, and I got I went back up to five hundred pounds is after six months of doing the dieting and everything, I wasn't approved for surgery because of my, my thyroid and everything like that. My, my CPAP, all that had to go through. Well, I fought my thyroid for another like eight months trying to get it to where it would fall under the threshold of 5.6. And as soon as it went to that 5.6, um, I'll never forget it. It was, a um, I want to say it was a Thursday afternoon. The, uh, the, the lady at Dr. Gatton's call, uh, office called me and she goes, Hey, good news your thyroid levels under the 5.6 i'm gonna go ahead and submit today for insurance we're submitting and she was like it'll probably be like you know two to three weeks before we hear anything back um and i'm thinking to myself well, damn here we go another month or two four and then we'll take another three or four months to schedule it man i kid you not it was a thursday the very next morning i got a phone call and she's like hey your insurance signed off on it immediately um can you be here in a week to have surgery and i was like Damn. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, Why? Because you were so, scared or because of work? I was scared. And, yeah, and then I'd be also, scared too. man, like you're supposed to do two weeks. Um, just for me, I was scared of the whole like, because I mean, it is a big deal. You know, anytime. Dude, you're it's going huge. Under and, it's huge. So, huge. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going under and getting it done. And um, I was terrified, but it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, hands down. Saved my life. So it. Basically, the problem got so bad that you thought that any time you were to address it, um, you were more in the mindset of like, I've gone too far. I can't I can't do it. Oh, yeah. No. a thousand percent. So does the surgery actually work or is it the. So, so you um, I'll use this example. Uh, you, yeah. you buy a new pair of running shoes. And the running shoes really don't don't help you run, but you're like, fuck, I spent 150 bucks on these. I better start running at least two miles a day for a month so that I like I can justify that purchase. Is which one more? Is it or is it a combination? Do you know what I mean? Like, shit, I got yeah, the surgery. No, now yeah. the pressure's really or you know, like you buy a drone for fifteen hundred bucks, you're like, dude, and then after a week you're done flying it. You're like, dude, <laughs> you're I still gotta it, fly yeah. it every day for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so Carol's that's a waste of money. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, the only thing, the difference with surgery is um, if it protects you from going back. And that that's why a lot of people do refer to it's, it as cheating. Is it, And the reason... That's crazy to call it cheating, by the way. Know, that's fucking, that's fucking yeah. bad thinking. I'm not saying it's I... Dumb. I'm not saying I like the surgery idea, but it is... Yeah. To call it cheating is fucking idiocy. The fact that someone is willing to, they've reached, the, and this is kind of my thing, and the fact that when someone is so broken on themselves that they are willing to go and be put to sleep and have their physical stomach cut out to change their 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 life, I I, I don't, I could never consider that cheating, ever. Um, and so, no. that's I'm like, all right. And when anyone says that, I just laugh at this point. I'm like, I could shut them down in two seconds. And it's like, yeah, all right. But um okay but look but what what are the i I, the reason why i don't get it is is what are the rules i'm i'm overweight and i'm dying and i want to save myself i'm sorry what were the rules for that 
Exactly. Tell me that it, again. It, like, I didn't know we were playing a game. I didn't know yes. that there was rules. That <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Like, I'm not competing. Like, and that's one of the, the biggest things I tell people that message me every day. It's like, you're not competing against me. You're not competing against Jill, Jam, Joey, or Susan or Karen. You're competing against yourself. It's you versus you. Like, you know, I, I'm go for it. Like, yes. come on. Um, but um, would you so. would you recommend that? Who who would you recommend the surgery for? And who would you not? Is there anyone you would not recommend it for? Yeah, well, surgery has different things. So you don't just get surgery some days just because you're big. Like, there's, I have a lot of friends that have like, gotten surgery due for underlying issues. Like, um, like, uh, oh goodness, I can't think of the the. I, I want to say it, it starts like PCOS is some of them for like women, um, and and other things like that. Um, that have literally like they have to get surgery because the other is uh gastro like issues like with um. Oh my Just digest I'm, digestion. Yeah, like digestion and things like that. Sometimes um, this is an alternative for that. Um, is the uh, bypass or the the sleep? So um, it's not always weight loss related. I know a lot of people. Like, everybody automatically assumes like bariatric surgery to weight loss surgery, but sometimes there's underlying issues that causes it. But for the most part, if anyone's like, "Well, would you ever recommend this to anyone?" Absolutely, a hundred percent, without a doubt. There's not a um, a time or thought in my mind where I would never say no surgery isn't for you. Do I ever advise people why I got surgery and why I thought it was better for me than other, you know, alternatives? Yes. Um, because you know, surgery may not be for everybody. They may not want to, a, they may not have insurance. B, they may not have the, the financial ability to do it. C, they may not have the, the, what if they just um, don't need to like, 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 do you have any friends who are overweight and they're and they're thinking about it, but you're kind of in your mind like, I wish you would just not do the surgery and just do what the rest of what I'm doing right now. I'd like to take this guy on as a project. You do, know, do, do you ever have that feeling? In 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 my head, yes, but it, it's such a hard feeling because, I, and I try to shut it down instantly because, in the same time, I think would the same people have said the same thing about me at 500 pounds, right? Um, Right. And so it it's it's like a double edged sword. Like if I start thinking that way for others, then like why couldn't I have done it at five hundred? Um, so I think that people put this mental like almost like blinders on and they start to like I can't do it. I won't and then when they start saying I can't lose weight, then they're they're really programming their brain to say I won't lose weight. And after that, it's just this downward spiral. Um, the reason why surgery is so successful and works is it has those like those security risks that keeps you from doing it, is the way I like to say it. So um, you know, if I ate too much sugar, guess who's going to the bathroom real quick? Me. Uh, if I overate, I'm going to be thrown up. If I drink too quick, it's has that has that happened staffing. to you? Have you eaten too much and thrown up? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's it's called in the weight loss community in the bariatric <laughs> community. It's called dumping syndrome. Um, and basically, when you eat either too fast, like at the beginning, foods that are just too enriched in sugars or anything like that man, it literally feels like someone is like taking a, a 14 inch knife and just stabbing you over and over over the stomach. And you, it feels like it's going to come out both ends and you're miserable. Um, and you and don't so do it you, again. You, no, you, you try to refrain that. And you know what? It happens. You, you eventually two months down the road, you're gonna be like, Oh, I can eat a piece of pie or something. That's not going to kill me. Nope. You're gonna be sitting on the toilet for two hours. So, um, <laughs> you, you, so it has that. You made this post, um, and, uh, it says whether you think you can, or you think you can't, 
you are right, Henry Ford. And yep. there's this Taoist saying that it says, argue your limitations and they're yours. Meaning you say, if you say you can't, then you can't. Right. Um, you had to face that in a way, right? Because you had reached a point where you, where you said, I, I, I can't and I need, and I need help. Um, exactly. How do those, but yet you have to take full responsibility. There's kind of like this, it's like a paradox, right? You have to take full responsibility and it yet is, you're yeah. leaning on this really traumatic, intense surgery. Yeah. Uh, you, it, it's something that you realize like that you're leaning on the surgery, but you realize that like, it's now your tool. And it's only going to work for you. Mm. And I and, and and I'll be honest with you. The, the the example that you use with the running shoes, I want to steal that and take that because that was great. No matter how many pairs of running shoes you buy, they're not going to do the work for you. You got to right. still put in the work. You know, you got to leverage you like your stuff. ego and be like, "Well, I bought yeah. them. I better like not be a dipshit <laughs> and, and use them." Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, and you know, at that point, it's if you plan on using your shoes, then they're going to work. But if if you're just going to let them sit there on your your counter and get dusty. I got news for you. It doesn't matter if you buy 10 more pairs, they're still going to get as dusty as the other pair. You know, you should have just gone out and bought 20 big max for the same price. (laughs) You'd probably be happier. No shit. Seriously. Uh, um, So yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's exactly that. It's you, you use your tool and that's why I become such an advocate for like, like people looking down on it. I shut that shit down because at this point it's like, what is there to look down on? Um, there's nothing like, and, and I was talking to a friend of mine, um, they just had surgery and they're like, you know, I, I don't want to really tell my friends. I don't want to tell my family. I don't want to tell anyone. I just, how, how do you tell everybody? And I didn't have that issue for me. I realized at an early point, there was, there was very few and far between four males who would come out and talk about like surgery and, and just give the, like the transparent, no shit, no filter. Let me throw it all out there um, ride and roller coaster of a journey. And, and I was like, you know what, why not? Let's do it. So I, I literally laying in bed. I had my ex-wife, um, say, like, Hey, take a photo of me right here. And I'm just going to save it. This is day one. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Posting it, man. I, just, I didn't even know what hashtags like to even look for back then, like to, to post on social media for this photo. I was like, let's do it. So I remember like Googling as I'm laying in post-op, like Googling, like what hashtag should I use for this photo? I'm going to try it. Like what, what so I put like the, like the basic, you know, and that was day one, uh, April, yeah, April 8th, 2019. I'll never forget it. So how has your, can you tell a difference, um, in your thinking now that you are more nutritionally sound, they talk about brain fog. They talk about so ba- basically f- from from where I stand in uh, in my ivory tower and my in my fucking blessed and in, in in perfect life, I see just a world of people acting from fear, mm-hmm. right? Because because they're a hundred pounds oh, yeah. overweight and they start every morning with the triple frappuccino and and they're basically walking out on a high wire every morning and if the wind blows they're scared that's why they're scared of COVID they they, they can't even oh, yeah. do the math they can't even be like hey there's no chance of me dying from this if I stop eating added sugar and refined carbohydrates zero yeah, there's more ch- twelve thousand exactly. people die for- if if you're if you're obese or you're elderly. You should really be afraid of stairs. Twelve thousand people die falling down the stairs every day. Now, if yeah, if um uh, um 
if you were to fall down, if if Dalton were to fall down the stairs today, he would get way less injury. You probably would have died if you would fall down a flight of stairs uh, four years ago. I would have died. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I would have, I would have died. Um, and now it, you can fall down a flight of stairs. That's the same thing with COVID. If you get it now, no big deal. If you'd have got it four years ago, you're fucked. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And um, on the whole COVID thing, you know, especially with weight, um, I, I a thousand percent agree with you when it comes to the underlying issue with COVID and like weight loss being such a, or I'm sorry, being overweight, having such an impact on COVID patients. Like I can tell you that I've more friends of mine that were my size have passed like prior have passed away um, in the past year due to like they get COVID as they're a larger person and they passed away. And it's like, Dude, the CDC. I, it's the underlying issues, you know. The, the CDC. I haven't looked in the in the last year, but in the first year, it said ninety four percent of the people had four or more comorbidities, and six percent. And then in the small says there's no data on. Yeah. No data on. I, 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 I want to show you this. I got yeah. a lot of people got upset at me for posting this the other day, and so you know how there's these. You know with the um. Before I go here, you know, with the BLM thing and and, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. some black people have stood up and been like, yo, motherfuckers, like I, we are not different. And I don't and I don't want anyone looking at me and judging me for my skin color. And I don't want things for my skin color. And then there's this whole other contingent. And, and that that's really brave of those black people. They don't think uh-huh. that racism should be fought with racism. And they're standing up and they're like, and I was thinking, I yeah. wish the obese community would stand up and say that, too. I wish someone in the obese community would say, hey, assholes. We're terrified of dying because of what we've done to ourselves. Like we need to take responsibility. But but look at the, the what yeah. I look at this. I posted this on my Instagram the other day, and it upset a bunch of people. They thought it was insensitive, and and I ins, insensitive is just PC for it's just idiot talk. But healthy teenager who took precautions died suddenly of COVID nineteen. This is a sixteen year old boy. How how much do you think that boy weighs? In all reality, over I would say over three hundred pounds. Yeah, um, look at his ears. So that's basically when I see that. Yeah, I I see that, and I see um, this 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 company CNN that claims to be against systemic racism. I see this as the foundation of systemic racism. You're telling all black people that this is a healthy version of you. This this is fucking nuts. This yeah, is not a healthy version of any human being. You see it right the heart, there, man. Yeah, there's hundreds of these, Dalton. Yeah, from this, and from these people. Look at it's called CNN Health. Yeah, I. You know, I, this is I, maddening. This is this is abuse. Poof. Yeah, of of. <laughs> this yes, is such, I agree. like like this is the this is the company that says misinformation. This is worse than misinformation. This is like um. I mean, it's a, it's just, it breaks my heart, man. I'm not even smart. Do you know what I mean? I just see it and I'm not even smart. I just know how the brain works. I know that someone's like, oh, I'm skinnier than that. And uh, so I must be healthy. It's just, how, how old are you now? I'm I'm 28. I turned uh, 29 in May. Yeah. I remember when I was your age, I'm, I'm, I'm 49 now. When I was your age, I was doing this, um, I think it was about your age. for For three months, I chased tornadoes in Tornado Alley. Oh wow, that's so and that's, cool. Yeah, basically between Bullock, t- Texas, all the way up to the Canadian border, we just drove around in there, chasing yeah. tornadoes for the History Channel. 
Oh, that's so cool. Okay, yeah. I was a camera guy, and um, I had coming from California, I'd never seen uh, the the South. Th- that whole corridor is full of buffets, and I ne- we didn't have we don't have buffets like that in California. And I'd never seen three and four hundred pound people, and you'd go into these places, and they'd be full of three and four hundred pound people, and we didn't have. And now California, of course, we have them. They're they're everywhere, but it's a um, yeah, it's a, a it's a it's a huge problem. It's man. an issue. It's an issue. It really is. Um, and that's what's bad. And a lot of people don't just, they want to acknowledge that it's an issue because no one wants to talk about it. Is it because um, they can't think like, do you think more clearly now? Do, do, it, like, tell, tell me, is, is there yeah. anything specific you can think of where the brain fog is gone or like you see things like this article from CNN and you're like, what the fuck? Oh, no, a thousand percent. Because like for me and, and, <laughs> It's funny you say brain fog because my brain fog was I was uh, I dealt more for like depression and mental health and things like that. That's where my brain fog, like I can't talk, brain fog went away. Um, is when I started making the changes and being more healthy. Um, I realized like and again it's science. Uh, the endorphins behind working out that's man that saved my life. It really did. The the Andy Frisella's 75 hard working out, um, doing the twice a day is what got me to initially start working out. Um, I did it for 33 days and I failed after falling asleep, um, on accident. slept through my alarms. Phone I saw that bed. post, yeah. by the way, great post, <laughs> fucking <laughs> brilliant you. post. Appreciate um, that. yeah, that's a great post to take responsibility for it. Yeah. Accountability. Yeah, so, huge. Um, but I, I ended up failing and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do this again. Um, but then after about five days, I realized I was like, Maybe because uh, I, I got what I wanted from Sunny Five Hard. I got the the mental toughness and that grit and like the determination. I found that in Sunny Five Hard, and I really did. And I think if I hadn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um, but I took the two days that it was doing it, and I realized, like, yeah, I was exhausted because I was uh, at the time I was do- eating way less than what I should have been because I thought that's what I had to do. So stupid. Um, but anyways, I was trying to undereat, trying to still work out twice a day while doing everything while working. And I realized that if I could work out in the morning and work out in the afternoon, man, I was causing myself to be way more productive at work. I was in a better mood. I yeah. could, it, to me, everything was clear. I could respond faster. Um, my It was like two plus two equaled four faster than it did when I wasn't doing that things. You know, I, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but it's just like yep. I, I could think better. Um and then fast forward to now where I ended up adapting from something so hard into a plan where now I try to, I was working out twice a day. It depends on my coach. He doesn't really like me to work out twice a day right now. He's wanting me to slow down. But, um, but I'm realizing, man, it's the, the endorphins from that has been life-changing in itself. And I, I wish I'd have known that years ago. Um, I wish I could have, I've now seen the, the, you know, how when people say, oh man, I love working out, like working out's great. Like I'm addicted to it. I don't know if I'm so much addicted to just, you know, doing this all day, but I'm addicted to the feeling after of feeling like I just went there and I bettered myself for an hour. Yeah. Double. Yeah. It's so good. It's a win, you know? So um, good on both and if levels. I can do that yeah. twice a day. Oh my goodness, man. I'm on top of the world. I can take on anybody, you know? So, so, um, so you work out and you get the endorphin rush. Obviously you get into your body and your brain stops, but then also when you're done, it's a big check off to like, fuck, I made my, like the to-do list. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do, and, and I look and forward to you it. You sweat seven days a week. I do. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yesterday it's kind was of my, a must, I, right? They say off day, but like, I still, still went to the gym at like 11, um, or no 10, I think, um, 10 or 11. 
just to get some like, you know, basic core and cardio in. It's just a way to like get your day started, clear your head and relax. You know, um, I like to put my music in and just kind of like, I, it may be weird, but I, I call it put my work in or put my dues in, you know, um, yeah. I, I, man, I look forward to it every day. So how about walking? Uh, yeah, I love walking around. Um, you know, that was actually how I started was in my neighborhood. Uh, I was so self-conscious going to the gym, um, mm-hmm. even after losing 250 pounds, man, I've got loose skin hanging everywhere. So, you know, and I, at the time I didn't want to go to the gym and see all that flapping around. Um, and so I was in my head then, but, um, I started working out here at the house, walking around the neighborhood and, you know, working out. And finally one day I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to overcome everything I can. I'm just going to take my shirt off in my neighborhood. These people have seen me with my shirt off before. Let's do it. So I took my shirt off and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to walk around the neighborhood. I'm going to try to put in a mile or two, um, while on lunch and do that. So then I started trying to aim for two miles a day on lunch, you know, in that little 30 minute time frame, going, walking around the neighborhood, taking my shirt off. And yeah, man, I, I felt amazing. Um, and then it just transpired into me like working out in my, like, cause I, again, I was doing the inside and the outside. So my outside was my walk and, you know, jog and doing like a little, like, um, because that's, that's the 75 hard thing, right? Inside and outside. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then like inside, I didn't have weights and stuff when I first started. And, um, I remember like going around the house, it's like, what's some heavy household items that I can lift really quick. Cause weights, are, you know, weights are kind of pricey. They're like 30, 40 bucks for like, yeah, 10 pound, 50 pound dumbbells. I was like, I'm not, you know, what if I don't stick with it? That's already my mindset. I'm already thinking about how I'm going to fail, you know? Um, so I was like, well, let me, let me start out with something here. So I went and I, I my parents had bowling balls, like two 16 pound bowling balls. Yeah, and cool. They're under my bed to this day. I went and grabbed them and was on the side of my bed, like doing this, you know, and then doing this with the other arm and then realizing, okay, I'd figure out, I got to do tricep that way with a bowling ball. So I started doing these little exercises in my house and like getting used to it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll be damned. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not out of the ringer. Okay. Maybe I can do this in the gym. Maybe everyone's not going to stare at me. So I remember going to the gym and I, I tried for a little while. Didn't really like it with a, you know, friend or two. And, um, you didn't really like it. What say that again? I didn't really like it with like, you know, going with a friend or two at the time that I was trying to go with, it was just a rush and we would, we'd get there and just do cardio. And at the time, and I'd be like, dead and i i it, i will say that did get me into a love early for cardio because i do love cardio now it's weird but um i think during that time frame that is what really got me to push towards 75 hard and then when 75 hard happened i started doing the inside weights and doing more of that and then after 75 hard i was like okay i'm gonna go to the gym so i bought uh, i already had a planet fitness membership but i just never went to it uh, but my buddy Austin was like, man, I'll teach you some things. Uh, him and a uh, friend Tyler, they ended up like teaching me a few things in the gym. It's like, Hey, you know, this is, we're just going to, we have a chest day and then we have, you know, a, a bat. I had no clue what that was at the time. I didn't know what chest and triceps meant or like, you know, we're doing a push day or a pull. I had nothing. I had no clue. Awesome. So they're um, just schooling you up. Good. Yeah, man. They it sounds out, so fun and so good. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, it's, it's been amazing. How about a pull up? Is a pull? Do you do you have any desire to do a pull up? I do, I do, I do, I do, and uh, I've got my first pull up. It was assisted. It wasn't assisted, but hell, man, that's more than I could do before. Awesome. Uh, but I, I, yeah, uh, we now do pull ups. I try to do um, like on back day, we do four sets of like six to eight um, on on pull ups on the assisted machine. So. Awesome. You know, one of the things, um, when I was a kid, I, I used to, the boys would do pull-ups for the presidential and I would Mm -hmm. do what the girls did because I couldn't do one. I'd have to do like 
you, the the what's that called oh, steady yeah. arm steady arm hang or something which is crazy because now because now i'm in the crossfit community and all the girls <laughs> could do more pull-ups than the boys but um <laughs> you know um I, I got my first pull-up on um I think I was I was in college and I was I was think my buddy and I were high on ecstasy and he was like a bodybuilder. He was all juiced up on roids and shit and like he was in a meth and roids. Yeah. It was, it was kind of crazy. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I didn't do, I just smoked a little weed and drank beer, but um we were we were in the backyard and I think it was like one of the first times I'd ever done ecstasy and we're in the backyard and he goes, "Hey dude, it's not a fucking pull up." And I we were on a branch and I was trying to do a pull up and I go, yeah. "What is it?" And he put his hands under my armpits and squeezed my lats. And he uh -huh. says, see these muscles right here? I'm like, kind of. He's like, you have to contract those, and then you go up. Mm -hmm. Your hands are just so you don't fall to the ground. So just contract yeah. those muscles, and you'll and it worked. Oh, of course, it's high as fuck. But, uh, and so I could really <laughs> focus, right, because I was on MDMA. But it yeah, was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a total misnomer to call this thing a, a, a pull-up. It's a back contraction, yeah. and then you go up. So I don't know if that helps you, but someone could squeeze under your last there, or you the can even squeeze your own okay. first to kind of like be like, okay, <laughs> that's that's the muscle yeah, yeah. right there, you know. And I, then I started I just doing lots of negatives. Once I was warm, I would just jump up to the top of a pull-up bar like this, and then or, uh, yeah, 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 like like from the, and I would just lower myself slowly, or I would start here. Oh wow, okay. And then just lower uh -huh. myself, and that's how all the strongest. Um, later on, I found out um, from a mentor of mine, Greg Glassman, that that's how all the strongest gymnasts in the world. That's how you learn the Iron Cross. Really? You don't go here. You start here, and then slowly let out, and slowly then fall through. Out. Yeah, I mean, be no warm way. first, or else okay. something will yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. snap. <laughs> but anyway, I just yeah, thought I'd share. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. Uh, that's and, and once I could do pull ups and muscle ups, I started getting that in my thirties. Um, yeah. The whole world changed. The landscape changed. Fences were no longer fences; they were things to go over. I mean, it was just nuts. Yeah. My whole my whole perspective of the world. That's so cool, man! I can't wait. I, yeah. I want to be able to go over a fence like that. And I know that sounds crazy. Um, there's that's two things I'm looking forward to: is a climbing a fence and weird, but b climbing a tree. In yeah. my entire yes. life, I've never climbed a tree. Yes. So. so I didn't climb. So it's funny you say that. Until that kid guy showed me that on ecstasy, I used to play a lot of frisbee. And if the frisbee went in the tree, it was always some other. And I was 20 years old. I was in college. And it would be some other kid who would climb the tree. And once I started getting a little confidence in my grip and shit, I'd be like, I'll go get the frisbee. <laughs> yeah. I'll get I mean, that shit. I, I'll, see, maybe some girl will think I'm like cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What is what is this um, surgery here? Sure. Yeah. This, so that is this a, one is. Do you care if I flip through these pictures? Not at all. Please do. That is a paniculectomy. <laughs> so um, when after I lost two hundred fifty pounds, the like do that, they actually cut that off. So that's all loose skin that was hanging over my front midsection or um, you know my crotch area. So as you can see, that's the doctor pulling the skin away i actually had to beg him to do that um but yeah that's that, an are you conscious there you're awake there i'm asleep no i'm, oh, I'm okay. completely out yeah, yeah um but in this right here i don't know if you can see but there's only one scar going across like right above my crotch yeah um, i see yeah like you had a c-section or something yeah literally that, that's kind of what i had but so they should have went and cut all the way up my stomach and did an abdominoplasty and tightened up that muscle and all that skin. And they didn't. Why not? Um, that's a question I have still been trying to get the answer to. So, <laughs> so this is seven um, pounds of skin they cut off. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, seven pounds. And I still have roughly 20 to 25 pounds of skin remaining. So, um, you had to beg them to do this because he didn't want to do that. He didn't know, man, my doctor at the time. And, um, why not? I mean, I kind of get it, but why not? It's so powerful. It really was. And that man, I'd saw it on a video before. I was like, please, all I want, like you won't let, like at the time I now realize why he didn't want to be sued for what he was doing. But like, the whole initial visit, like he was giving me, and I'm going to put this in parentheses, a discount um, because it wasn't much of a discount at all. I, in all reality, paid full price for what I got. Um, it was like basically 10 grand for a paniculectomy to be cut from hip bone to hip bone that should have had muscle repair and abdominoplasty included in. Um, at the time, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, can I bring like, you know, one of my boys, he was uh, in the media and filming and things like that. And he's like, dude, I'm willing to take a work day off. I'll come film the whole thing. And so like the, there's a video, like one of my first TikToks of me at the doctor and they're talking about like what to expect. And he's no shit like hiding in the corner with like a camera like this, just like in his pocket, like trying to record because they wouldn't let him in um, um, for, for HIPAA and all that stuff, um, which I found out later is it had nothing to do with HIPAA at all. As long they're as I'm not different. like divulging. Yeah they, yeah. they just didn't want to be recorded, but they don't want to get sure, sued. I think yeah, you nailed I, it. Yep. I, I woke up. They just didn't want to get sued. I woke up two weeks later. I ended up going in. They unwrapped me and I found out that like none of that was done and I was bummed. And so um, we don't go back to that plastic surgeon, but um, I do have some really good info for this year. I plan on getting um, three more surgeries done this year with a, a, a plastic surgeon that's confident that he can fix everything that the other doctor kind of messed up. So it's, it's going to be really good. I'm super excited. Um, I'm hoping to do that after my bodybuilding show. So when I'll be at my least amount of body fat, then he can just go in and trim the skin and pull it real tight. And hopefully I can <laughs> have a speedy recovery. So it's, it, it's, it's cool that you're so transparent. I, um, it, it's very cool. And it's very cool that you show your, your, your failures too, oh, like yeah. with the, with, with the 75 hard. Um, I, um, I like having you on because I am so in my head, um, against, against the surgery and, um, and you're, and and you're helping me with that. Like you're, you're giving me, you're giving me therapy on that because, because the goal is to give people an avenue and it's not, it's not that surgery in general. It's just doctors in general. I, I, I think they're compromised because of big yeah. pharma, because of surgery. I think so many doctors are compromised. Don't get me wrong. There's some fucking amazing doctors out there. And for people oh, yeah. like you or someone who gets hit by a car, you get shot by a bullet, but like these doc, but, but I just feel like the vast majority of doctors, especially if they're not taking personal responsibility, if they're not going to the gym, if they're not studying nutrition, then yeah. they're, why would they push that on others? Yeah. And they're blind. You know? They, they think like, um, um, type two diabetes, when they treat you for that, they're basically docents to walk you to your grave. The, the, the service they have is to yeah. walk you to your grave when they really should say, Hey motherfucker, stop eating snicker bars. Not here. Yeah. Not here's your insulin. And, yeah. and it's, it sucks because they're teaching you how to admit it. They're teaching you how to live with it as opposed to cure it. And, and I just yeah. think that that's, um, it's, I think, did, did you ever have type two diabetes? I didn't, but it's so funny that you brought up that my grandfather has diabetes. And mm. um, when I was, I want to say, I, I'll probably butcher the age here, but I was like in between 12 and like 14 timeframe, I went to a program that was called Physicians Weight Loss. 
And in the United States, you're not allowed, like it was for a minor back then on a, a weight loss program. They weren't allowed to like have me as a client. They, they weren't not approved to do so. So what they end up doing, because they're like, man, your health's already so bad at like 14 years old, 13, whatever. I was so big back then um, that my grandfather was like, well, listen, why, like, why don't we sign your grandfather up and he will be our patient. You just come with your grandfather each time and we'll do everything oh. on you too. And so like, no shit, man. I like, I remember getting like. Nope. Still can't hear you. Not a big deal though. Better? Did I lose you? Yep. You're back. Okay. So you went with your grandfather. Uh, it's, you sound like a chipmunk right now on mine. Uh oh. <laughs> if, if it keeps being bad, you can just hang up and, and, and hit the link again and come back in if you want. Yeah. Let me try doing that. Give me just okay. a second. I'm so sorry. Yep. One second. No, 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 no. Not an issue at all. My fucking show. We do it my way. Uh, did doctors or professionals recommend or prescribe that fitness needs to be a part of the your routine post surgery? I, you know what? Great question. I just made the assumption that yes, but that's silly to that's silly to make that uh, assumption. We'll we'll ask him that um, here in a minute. So sorry about that. My bad. No, not okay. <laughs> I got one not, of those not a problem. spam calls. Came through. Oh, not goodness. a problem. Um. Okay, so so you so so you were with your so your grand your grandfather was went to this program that was for adults, but he just signed up for it so you could tag along. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my grandfather, and I'll never forget it, man. I felt like and yeah, he could lose a little weight. Like I think he was in like a size 42 waist, and like in all reality, he should have been like a 36. So um I I just remember those numbers because I remember like we I was like in a 48 and trying to get lower at the time, and so we were competing and Man, I remember like him is kind of funny because we're going through this together and he's I, in real, all reality. I look back on it and I just realized like, man, this man loved, loved me to death because like, yeah, in all reality, he did not have to do that shit. Like each way, like, he caused himself to go on this plan just to make me go on the plan to try to like, you know, kickstart it. But um, you're talking about the diabetes and I watched him literally like his like diabetes was going down drastically. Like he was able to start maintaining his sugar levels based off of him losing weight at the time. And he lost like 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. Um, on the, and I, it was a great program, but anyways, I, I say all that. So it's funny that you mentioned that like weight correlates to diabetes and things because it can definitely directly correlate and cause those diabetes and other issues to, to slowly come back up. So, um, I never yeah, had no one fitness, in this country so. should have type two diabetes. It, 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 uh, it's a, it's a, um, I think I think it's like, and same with diet. It, that's another thing that's just fascinating to me. All these numbers around COVID. Here's another crazy one. I, I think there's six hundred thousand people on dialysis. I'd say at least five hundred thousand of them um, are um, are because of um, uh, lifestyle choices that they've made. At least I'm being so generous. And once you're on dialysis, you have a five year life expectancy. And in half yeah. the people who get on dialysis like die in the first six months. I mean, it's it's. Those people have no chance if fucking if they get influenza, COVID, if their granddaughter sneezes on, like it's just, yeah, it's so man, you're hitting all the points. It's so funny you brought up uh, that that my ex wife's um, mother is on. She's a dialysis patient, and she's she's had three transplants over the past thirty years. But it's funny because you bring up like the whole like the the is her uh, life miserable? Is her life miserable? No, she lives a, a a great. Well, I I I can't speak on her happiness, but I can say like from the outside looking in, she looks happy. Um, oh, yeah, okay, she's, good. She's a fighter, man. But like, um, 
it's so funny because I, I see how much she cares about her health. She's very small. She focuses on what she eats. No shit. She's very healthy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very. Oh yeah. She weighs like probably 120 pounds. Like, and why is she on dialysis? What, what did she, what happened? What caused her to get on dialysis? Kidney failure. It shut down like way like 30 years ago, man. Like literally 30 years ago, her kidney shut down completely, and they couldn't like. I, I don't I don't know the technical term revive them I guess I don't know but they put her on dialysis and then they put her on the transplant list and then like it just like she would get a transplant her body would fight it off it would not be successful so then they do it again and then like you know ten years down the road I don't know the Damn. exact years amount of time but she ended up having three transplants um, and they all three failed um, their is body she alive now all three. she is yeah she's she's still alive kicking she's an amazing strong powerful woman but. Um, yeah, so it's I see what you're saying though. A lot of the dialysis patients, they are, you know, they they again bigger and they, they all of that adds. It's 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 a compound, you know. If yes. you have one thing wrong with you, you take another thing wrong with you, and then you add on the small things like what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're recreationally doing, all that adds in and like it's a combination or like a mathematical equation and it, it can either be very good or very bad, you know. So it just depends on what how you you put it together. You know, what else is interesting is I'm pretty sure dialysis is is an environmental just fucking disaster, and yet no one talks about that. I mean, I think it's a a – I think they consume – I think dialysis just requires so much water. I think it's it's like absolutely nuts. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, uh, a – I feel so sorry for like going – like it's such a – And she's surrounded by – Right, and imagine this. Like so she's she's she sounds like she's one that like needs it. But she, I bet you she surra- – like I hear people who are in dialysis centers and they're sitting in there and like, and, and there's someone and they're just like getting their f- blood tr- change and they're drinking a, a, a 42 ounce of super big gulp of Coke. And I think that's the norm and it's like holy shit. Yeah, and oh. see that's the thing, man. Like you're uh, – I mean what is the point – like what is the actual point of dialysis is to flush the toxins out because you can't pee, right? So like yes. if you know that, like why, why are you going to keep – what like you know um why would you put stuff in your system that you're not able to actually flush like at least you and i we can pee we can flush you know like right that's the thing but like uh, those patients like they can't and so they just hold it and hold it and hold it and then they they have to go get it released and flushed out of their system so to me like if i knew i you know i was fighting dialysis it i would think that you know i would not be one hope coke or anything. yeah man I'd, I'd try to like keep it as clear and pure as possible but I say that, but then look at me. I was 500 pounds and it didn't, you know, prevent me from putting my fork down. So, right. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think it, it, it all goes back to the original thing of what's your mindset, what's your, your determination behind it. And can, you know, you control you. It's you versus you at the end of the day. Um, did you ever just think you were just going to die? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'd already signed off on being dead by 30 and being completely okay with it. Um, yeah, yeah, that seems to be pretty normal from – I've interviewed, you know, I don't know, 100 people now who've lost over 100 pounds, I feel like. And they're, they're, that – man, that's just – it's a, it, it, it's so scary. But yeah. it, but what a – um, once you've gone there and come back like you have, man, you're like – like your life is the richest it's ever been, right? Oh, yeah. it's it, Man, I've, I've never been happier. And like – and I was telling uh, her the other day, I was like, yeah, right now, yeah, I'm stressed with this, this cut and everything. It's, it's hard doing a cut and trying to, to get all the food in and, and do that. It's been hard, but man, I'm still happy. At the end of the day, I'm happy. I'm, I'm here, which You're living. I shouldn't be. 
I'm living, I got a second chance at life, which a lot of people don't get, you know, and yeah. I'm forever and eternally grateful for that. Um, and that's why I, I, I want to be able to help so many others. Oh, I just hit myself in the eye with my cord. Oh, that hurt. Um, but yeah, no, I, w- I want to tell as many people as I can, like about how surgery saved my life. And, um, uh, you know, to a lot of people, me and my brother just made up. I don't know if you, and I'm sure now I can say this because we're now close again and we're, we're, um, our relationship's fixed, but, um, I'll never forget. Like, I don't know if you saw my post about the whole cheater thing and like, you know, me just going on an absolute ramp, like rampage me going off screaming basically on TikTok and Instagram about being called a cheater. I was for my brother. My brother called me and he was like, you know, you cheated, like you cheated, like, yeah, you lost weight, but you cheated. And, um, so it's, 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 it's always been this real personal thing for me. Um, when someone struggles like to understand the reasoning behind why someone gets surgery in the first place. Um, and so I, you know, I didn't know at the time when I got surgery that I had a food addiction. I didn't realize that I was turning the food as my crutch. I had no idea that I was literally relating everything that I do in my day to day, like just living, I was relating it to food. And I, and I'm sure you can attest to this. Cause like, think about it when you watch TV, I smoke cigarettes, is- nicotine's the same thing. It becomes a coping yeah. mechanism for everything. Someone cuts you yeah. off, you put it, you put a chew in someone, your girlfriend's upset at you, you put a chew in. You have to go exactly. pick your kids up from school. You put a chew in, you want to read a book, you put a chew in. Next thing you know, it's like, it, it goes chew, with chew, everything. Yeah. <laughs> nicotine no, is, I totally yeah. know, dude. I totally so- know. So the way that that happens for you is same for food. So, and that's why at that point, man, I'm so addicted to it. And I, I, I couldn't even realize that because I, I had this fucked up view of food for so long um, that if it wasn't for surgery, I'd be dead. Um, and so I finally yelled at my brother. I said, Cody, you know, you can't be mad at, oh, like, you can't call me a cheater. Like, we're not playing a game. This is my life. Like, I have literally prolonged my life and you'll have your brother longer because I decided to have someone cut me open to help me lose weight. Like, I, I don't see how I'm cheating. Like, and, and that's when I finally, and um, I, I use the example, like I have never heard someone yell at someone for going into rehab for having like a drug problem or like being addicted to drugs or anything like that. Like I've never cheated I, to get you, off the heroin. You, you <laughs> cheated. You went to rehab. You, yeah, bro. If you, if you call, oh my God. So like, I was like, so by you calling someone a cheater who's addicted to food, who took the last fucking route they could to better themselves. And you're going to like, to me, that's, that's the same fucking thing as me going to a rehab center. As someone graduates and me like you, you're, you're a cheater. You cheated. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 no, no, you bettered yourself. You took control of your life at the lowest fucking point in your life. When, when at that point it's either death or, or that's how bad shit was, bro, that I had did yeah, this surgery. Man. Yes. I checked yeah. myself and in rehab. I want to, let's look up the definition of the word cheater. Just real, real, uh, yeah, let's do it <laughs> quick here. Just for shits and giggles. Let's see what cheater means. Um, one who violates rules dishonestly. Well, you didn't violate any <laughs> rules exactly. and you were absolutely yeah. not dishonest. At it. So, so basically people who say it's cheating, it's a defense mechanism on their part. Is. They is your brother overweight? Well, he's not, and and that, that, oh. I think that's why he he um and it's so funny, man. Well, then maybe it's just we, too intimate for him, and so he had to do that. So yeah, go on. Sorry, yeah. say that again. No, you're fine. He was always fit. Um, he was always the the older brother. He was ten years older than me, and like at like you know twenty one, he's over there benching like four hundred pounds. Just a big, big oh yeah, that dude. guy, yeah. And so here's me at twenty one, 
weighing 400 pounds. So, you know, you, at the time I, I was like, uh, you know, but I, I talked to him and, and now we've, we've polished our, our relationship. He's actually like, he has, he, I don't say got bigger, but he just like, you know, maybe gained like 30 pounds in the last like two or three years of just being happy, you know, living life, whatever. But it's so great because he called me. He's like, Hey man, like, um, and he's never done this in our 25 years. He's like, Hey man, I'm proud of you. Like, like I see you, you're busting your ass. I'm proud of you. Um, and because of that, I'm gonna make a change. So like he started working out and like, he started awesome. like watching what he eats and, you know, walking around the neighborhood and like, man, that, that can make me cry at the end of the day. Like at the end of the day, I just wanted to impact people with my journey and like tell my story. And I ended up being able to like impact my, my brother, you know, like that's, that's emotional in itself. Um, someone that we had fought and been head against each other the entire time through surgery and like everything like, and now we're, we're close and you know, now we're, uh, he's uh, hopefully going to start working out with me. Eventually we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed on that one, but yeah. oh, man, does I'm he live near you? He started, he does. He's like 10 minutes away. So, um, but he's just constantly busy with work and, um, businesses and things like that. So, but, uh, like I told him, he's got to make time for what's important. So, Hey, and, did you, were you ever into hard candy? Did you ever get like just a huge bag of just like hard now and laters or those butterscotch things and you just have them in your car and you'd always just have a hard candy in your mouth or blow pops? Um, I wasn't too big on candy, man. Mine was like just like sweet tea and drink. That's why you hit the, okay. the nail on the head earlier when okay. you're like sugar soda. Man, soda was my 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 biggest downfall. Like I wasn't addicted to chocolate or like candy or anything like that. Mine was soda and like cookies or like soda and like <clears throat> meat, man. I could I could eat some food. Just like give me a cheeseburger and I could put three of them down, you know? You want nuggets? Give me 50. Uh, I'll put them down with no issue. And then I look back now and I'm like, "Damn, I couldn't put five down and I want to throw up now," you know? So Yeah. Man, it's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, when when you uh, th this guy Todd asked basically, uh, let me see. Um, did doctors or professionals recommend or prescribe fitness needs to be a part of the new routine? So, is there a, is there a whole program you go through that like building up to this? Like, hey, after this, you're gonna have yeah. to um, drink celery through a straw. We need you to walk at least <laughs> two miles a day. You you should get a heart rate monitor and get your heart rate up to eighty percent max at least six times a week was there a whole like hey here's your shit and is that overwhelming as opposed is that overwhelming it is um you know they sit you down and i'll be honest with you they try to scare the absolute shit out of you which is good oh, and and okay. I, I was joking about that with uh, a few of the people on like the bariatric pages there, there's a whole community man on facebook about it thank god i joined their community like early and learned but um Man, hearing like the way like some of these doctors teach some of these newer people is insane. I had to follow a plan um, for six months. Like I said, I had to meet my TSH levels. I had to, you know, verify about my sleep apnea. I had to, um, you know, attempt to lose weight for six months on my own. And then also at that point, like show that I am, you know, attempting to, to do it before I go into surgery afterwards then they give you like this maintenance plan kind of like a like a i say maintenance but again i do the air quotes very um sparingly because it wasn't much of a maintenance plan it's just like for the first two months after surgery they kind of like okay for the first like three weeks we're going to be on like liquids and then like soft foods and then after that for another three weeks then we'll do like um um, you know, cut up foods and then very, very, very soft foods. And then we'll go into hard foods eventually. So stuff like that, like, and they tell you, you can't drink out of a straw, you know, you want to avoid exercise for like the first three months and then you can start if you want to. 
Um, the biggest thing they tell you is what do you mean if you what do you mean if you want to? Well, because in a lot of times, and and that's why I think um, I think mine is a little bit different. A lot of people's um, story is because a lot of people are happy with losing the initial weight. Um, you know, if you follow what they tell you in that first three or four months, you're going to lose weight. You're, it's going to fall off because you're in such a deficit, a calorie deficit at the beginning, right, you know? Right. So, um, if you follow that, you're good. Like six months. Do you have a message for those people? Like, like I'm thinking like, Hey, uh, they got it wrong there. People like you better fucking exercise, like shut the fuck up. That's wrong. Like, like, um, they, I mean, they like, don't do you think that anyone should not exercise? Like I can't get my. I'm getting all pumped up about this. No, <laughs> like, like I think everyone say, should exercise. Every fucking person, everyone. Yes, and and you should. Uh, it's just at the beginning, man. It's so difficult to. Right. Okay. I thing. I get it's, it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. My, my my wife had twins, and she didn't move for three months. She just breastfed. I, yeah. I, mean, I totally. I totally yeah. get it. But like, if if you, it's it's, it's, it's inexcusable to Uber point one mile. It's inexcusable. Right. Even in a fucking no, no, downpour no, rain. <laughs> that's when you look up to the heaven you say thank you for the opportunity to walk in a downpour rain yeah. it's, it's inexcusable I been, yeah yeah it, no you're absolutely right and, and that's that wake up time um yeah but no in in the beginning when you are the the biggest weight and, and at that time i always tell people like if you can work out great please do it'll it'll it just helps you it's not going to hurt you at the same time though if they are you know a month or two months out they can't drink water like we can and yeah at 500 pounds man if i just got up and went to their fridge i'm breaking a sweat yeah so if i'm if i'm on the treadmill going through and you know dropping as much sweat as i did back then i mean hell even now i drench you know my entire outfit at the gym yeah um but i'm drinking a gallon a gallon a half a day back then i'm not i was just you know i wasn't drinking hardly 50 ounces at the beginning uh after surgery and even that man i was it was it, I, I don't know if you saw my instagram but up if you pull back like the first i think maybe first or second photo you can see me drinking out of a medicine cup my water and I had like a giant uh, thing like this on the side where I just constantly fill up my medicine cup and would sip water every 15 minutes to try to hit my water intake. And that, that again, that's part of the process of what they tell you to plan for after surgery. Make sure you hit your water intake. Make sure you hit your proteins. Um, those are your two biggest things uh, that they kind of just cram down your throat. Um, but I wish I would have started working out more. I wish I, I, I would have just took the initiative – six months out instead of waiting as long as I did. I'm glad that I waited as long as I did because now it's, I don't say it's easier, but I'm able to see more. Um, oh, I see progression. But I can see more things happening on me. And because of that, man, it's like, it's like someone's lighting a little match underneath my ass to make me keep going. You know, I, I want to see the next result. And, um, but at the same time, I'm also happy where I'm at. I love the process. Like if I didn't lose another pound, I'm happy, man. I'm, 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 I'm in a better place than I've ever been in my entire life. I can go out and change a tire. I can literally, I don't have to think about, you know, am I going to be able to fit in that booth at the restaurant? Oh shit. Is the, is the handicap stall open? Cause if not, I can't shit in the bathroom. You know, it, it's things like that. Like Damn. it's yeah. Like you, you think I'm kidding, man, but it's, that's what we call um, a non-scale victory. Um, uh, NSV, because those are the non-scale victories that doctors don't talk about, um, yeah. but you do get them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can tie my shoe in public. I can, you can sit in a chair uh, without worrying about it breaking. Dude, I broke my work chair. Um, literally going just like this at work. I leaned back and it snapped and it sounded like a gunshot went off. Um, and I'll never forget it. I put in a request and I was like, hey, I'm I'm over 515 pounds and this is a small chair. Uh, can I get a bigger chair? And they're like, 
they don't they don't make them man this brand that you know the company that we partner with and i mean i work for a fortune 500 company so i mean the, the resources were there it's just like they don't actually make the chair yeah. for the company so it's like bro you you gotta do something you know what are you gonna do just keep breaking chairs every three months so i have a friend who's a cardiologist and he told he was telling me about how they have to make all the machines now. Everything has to be bigger and more robust because everyone's getting so huge. And he told me he told me he'll go like he'll see he'll look at like ten patients a day for fucking three months before he sees one patient who's not thirty years complicit in their demise. Meaning like patient after he said they're it's all their fault. Yeah. They, like they eat like shit. They don't move. They smoke cigarettes. They drink alcohol. They drink soda. It's crazy. I'm like, really? You'll see 10 patients a day for fucking 90 days. And then finally you'll see one where it's like something like, wow. What? He's like, yeah, it's nuts. Um, that blows my mind. He, he, this, there's something really, the, the, this, everything you're doing is fucking amazing. I fucking love you Thank to you. death. I think your contribution to humanity <laughs> is like, we need you. Um, Thank you so much. This, there's this really sad part that you, you know when you get in a car accident and you bend the frame of the car and they say it's totaled you bent the rig and so yeah. you did that to your body mm-hmm. you bent you bent you bent the the frame and now you're doing everything oh, yeah. you can to get to get it back i think yeah. about all these kids out there and I think like that thing you did with your grandfather, this is not a dig at your grandfather. Did that really help or did that make it worse? What, what, what can we tell parents? What there's kids out there who 12 years old, who've done ir- already th- millions of them who've done irreparable damage to their rig. They've bent their frame oh, yeah. already. And I'm oh, just yeah. thinking to myself, no, like we we have to catch them so they don't have to do it at what Dalton Musselwhite did I pronounce your last name right Musselwhite you did yeah yeah yeah, yes, yeah sir, what yeah. a great yeah. name by the way <laughs> yeah, Dalton Musselwhite <laughs> thank um, you I appreciate what that. can we tell these kids what can we tell their parents so that we can catch it before the rig is damaged because the rig that I mean it's just fucked it it, it made it I'm sure it made your first twenty five years fuck or twenty years fucking miserable yeah you know and that's something there was like well, man do you wish you could go back. Yeah, I do. You know, I wish I could go back and uh, catch myself at um, 10 years old and be like, wake the fuck up. Stop it. You know, but um, I didn't, you know, right. um, and because of that, I I, I now you're, I love that. Again, you and the examples are excellent. The whole bent frame thing. That's so true. <laughs> like now I'm spending the next five years straightening it out. Like, you know, I've got two torn rotator cuffs. My back's I've got, you know herniated disc in my lower back i've got uh, bone spurs in my the back and shoulders and it's all because of the way i treated my body before and so now i'm again i'm pulling that frame trying to straighten out that frame um if i had to give advice to parents is stop enabling um i sometimes it takes the person to be the parent instead of being the friend and Mm. sometimes like but at the same time also like you can't expect a parent to like teach their kids how to eat when the, the parent is not eating healthy themselves, you know, like how do you tell, like that's the pot calling the kettle black at the, you know, the old saying, um, how do how do you, how do you teach someone when you're eating like shit, when you go to your nine to five and you're stopping in the morning at Starbucks and you're getting your Trenta drink and then you go, you know, to Waterbird or you know Burger King to get your, your croissant lunches at fast food. And then at night you don't have time. So you're cooking, like hamburger help or, or, you know, again, maybe you're going out to eat. 
how, how, how do you do that? How, how do you then say, well, you know what, Timmy, I understand you look, I know you watch dad eat like shit all day, but here, Hey, don't you dare eat that cookie. You know, like it, it at that point, I'm going to call my dad a hypocrite. Like if I'm, if I'm Timmy and the eight year old, like, no dad, like you're a hypocrite, like you change it. And then maybe I'll follow what you're doing. Um, so now saying all that to say, I see a lot of my, like uh, a few of my friends that have families already. I don't have kids. I'm no kids yet, but I see you're too young. You're too young. You're too young. I didn't have kids till I was in my forties. You're too young. Party on, party on, yeah, party on. No rush, no rush. (laughs) I see the difference uh, between like you know the the families of parents that are fit and are mindful of what they do and they work out. I see the way that they treat their kids and the way that their kids react to the meals compared to families that are like. Oh man, I just, you know, I feed my kids, whatever they can go in the pantry and get whatever they want. I see the difference in like the way the family looks like, like in a healthy way, if that makes sense. Like I guarantee you, if we had to ask anybody, like if we took two families and compared like the parents of one and the parents of the other, and we, we, we did a comparison between the parents that ate like shit, didn't do whatever. And then the parents that consciously watched what they ate, drank, you know, not doing all that shit. And then took the kids of those two parents, and if they're the same age, and like sent them out to like PE and just did like a like like you said the the president's test. I guarantee you, the parents that are conscious of the way they like eat and think and act around their kids and what their kids eat, like yeah, man, it's 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 night and day. I guarantee you those kids are going to outperform the other ones. You know, uh, it's because what they're putting in their body. Are they putting all that processed sugar in their body? No. You know, I, the, the parents that are watching their kids cram fruit snacks down their throat by the dozen, that's not helping them. Like it's not, I, I remember, I tell you what, and this will, this will also kind of tell you the way that parents have an impact on what you eat or drink for 18 years. I wasn't allowed to have whole milk because it was like all adult. Milk. Oh, me and neither. Extra, me neither. It's bad for extra you. Fat. It's yes, extra fat. Yes, you can't have yes. it, man. It's so fattening. I dude, if I heard that one time, I heard it a million times. Yes. And I yes. was so mad. Like, do you remember that non-fat where, blue shit you'd pour it in your cereal and you're like, is this white milk or blue milk? You know, that, it, like that yeah, tint of blue. To exactly. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So man, I would, <laughs> I remember at 18, I moved out and I was like, Oh my God, I've got adult money. The first, <laughs> the first thing I went and bought for my apartment was a gallon of whole milk. Why I don't know. It's just dumb. But I it was like rebel. So, You're a fucking oh, rebel. Eighteen years of being told I couldn't do it. Yeah. Now, so again, it's it's all. It there's there's leaning ways. You know, parents are damned if you do and damned if you don't. It it's all a learning curve. But I, I say if you just talk to your kids, man, talk to them, let them know, like, hey, this is bad for you. Don't do it in a place of like couldn't do like beating over the back you're like hey this is me coming from love like hey you know you're 12 years old is that the best thing that you want to put in your system why don't we you know think about maybe adding this instead i don't think that's that's rude i don't think that's going like into their private space and you know going to kill them in 20 years of oh my dad told me to eat an egg instead of a a, a cookie it's not going to be anything like that but i think you know it may be that jump starting conversation that's like oh you're right. I am 12 year old and I have a gut. Like I am 40 pounds bigger than everybody else in my grade all of a sudden. Why is that? You know, maybe it's the conversation that people need to have instead of waiting until someone's or go out obese and do, to have the conversation. Or go out and do something with your kid. Like why the fuck yeah. are you at home watching the fucking Raiders game with your kid? Go to the fucking park with them. <laughs> Take them to the game. 
you know yeah uh, right or, or right walk right walk around like go to the park do do something like if you're that young do it man like have fun I, with your kids live life with them i'm fascinated by my um i have a really bad potty mouth in front of my kids like i'll say anything in front of my kids like <laughs> anything like my like anything yeah and um but like but, <laughs> but there's things that but but and my friends and i have friends who don't like their kids around me because of my potty mouth and yet they'll, they'll buy their kids ice cream like every day or they'll buy their bring their kids home bags of Reese's peanut butter cups or or another thing like I wouldn't I don't let my kids do like I don't let my use kids use the word like disgusting or boring mm, okay. like if they saw a cockroach and my kids said it was disgusting I'd be like what are you talking about that well look at the beautiful brown hues on that and look at the the yeah. shit look at its oh, exterior that's, that's cool it's exoskeleton and, like it's just lazy yeah. dumb shit talk it's disgusting no no you're yeah. disgusting or if they use the word boring <laughs> boring I, I don't that. even know what that means. Show me boring. You know, like I'm, I, I would rather my kid be like, that's the, that fucking bug is brilliant. Did you see what he jumped <laughs> from the wall from there? That's fucking brilliant. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not telling I him no. That. I'm like, oh, awesome. what good job you use fucking appropriately. And don't use it when your grandmother's <laughs> here. She doesn't like that. It's so nuts. Go, yeah. It's so conf- People are in such autopilot. They're so confused. You feed mm-hmm. your kid poison, but sh- but but you let them use words disgusting to describe one of nature's miracles, the cockroach. It, 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 I don't even. Yeah. It yeah, whole different scales of the earth. Yeah, I I completely yeah yeah. Don't close your world. Head. Open your world. Yeah. Open open your 100%. world. Open your world. Um. <laughs> what so, so so you'll do this competition do you do you have um do you have daily anxiety about um about the old dalton coming back it, it, does the old dalton have a name do you do you have does this guy is he dead like what how do you think about that guy or is um, it all same you know, one i don't mean to uh project no, no, schizophrenia on you but is there no, is there a, a is there you know so I refer to him as my old self or like him. I know uh-huh. like in a lot of my videos, you'll see me be like, you know, I wish I could have told him that um, because he was a different person than I am now, uh, a whole different person. When well, I've changed when, and someone asked me, you know, when my like, wife, when my wife's PMSing, I call it her. And I know when <laughs> she's gone, like, Uh-oh. it's just like a big cloud leaves. Her I'm like, holy fuck. She's gone. And my wife like, yeah, she's gone. <laughs> but, I, but I'm still a little scared. I'm a little damaged. Sorry. Okay. So him. Sorry. No, him. You have a him. Yeah. I got a her. She I'm comes him. around once a month. Man, <laughs> she is fucking gnarly. I'm in big trouble. I'm in big trouble. Yeah. She's going to get you for that one. Yeah. 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 Um, no. Uh, so mine is when, like, you know, uh, body dysmorphia is a big thing. Um, that and, is and what is that? Concept. And what is that? Yeah. So body dysmorphia is, so for example, like, I'm looking into the camera right now and I see 213 pound Dalton. But in sometimes I'll look in. The That's what you weigh now, two thirteen. Two thirteen, yeah, two thirteen. Damn, you're a boss. Damn. <laughs> uh, trying to go lower, trying to well, trying to maintain muscle, still go lower. But um, but when like man, like when I look in the mirror, you know, there's days where I'm like, whoo, I still see Big Dalton looking back at me. You know, there he is looking back, and it's like, no, fuck that, I'm not going back. I'm hitting my goals. I'm hitting my dreams. I've got aspirations. Fuck this, we're hitting it. So, um, and you know, like. People are like, well, you've kind of changed. You damn right I changed. You please give me that compliment again. Tell me I've changed because I have. Like I've changed everything about me and I don't want to be referred to as old Dalton. You know, the Dalton that didn't care and didn't, you know, good time, happy, go lucky, let's go drink and Did eat. Did you think about changing and- your name? Did you ever think about that? You know, I did. I thought oh. about it. Um, <laughs> I just but- made that up. That's awesome. <laughs> 
I did, man. I but uh, well, I, but I was for a lot of things. I just didn't like the name Dalton. Also, my mom gave it to me. Oh, it's a nice name, ass, dude. But it's a nice yeah. name. Dude, there's a, the there's a UFC house? fighter I have on the show. Yeah, and there's a UFC fighter I have on the show regularly named Dalton Rasta. No, no, he's a okay, Bellator yeah. fighter. 185 oh, pounds. Cool. He's six and zero. You should look cool. him up. He's okay, so cool, awesome. Yeah. And I think his right, I think cool. the guy's so sexy, and his name's Dalton. <laughs> so I just attribute with the sexy guy. Well, I appreciate that. I, I yeah. That. I, I like that name. That, so. It's badass. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. So him. Yeah. <laughs> Body dysmorphia. Um, yeah. Dysmorphobia is a mental disorder characterized by obsessive idea that some aspect of your own body part or appearance is severely flawed. Yeah, I think I must – I have that too. Yeah, a lot I of think my dick is way it. too big for my body. <laughs> um, uh, if the flaw is actual, it's important. its importance is severely exaggerated. Okay, so meaning that – Okay, I, 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 okay, I see. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of yeah. have that, right? To some level, we the do. mirror, j- right? The mirror shows your biggest flaws that you see. You know, yeah. Like um, when I'm 20 feet away from the mirror, I'm like, I'm not so bad. But when I put my glasses on and get five feet away, I'm like, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's weird. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, that's body dysmorphia. Looking in, um, I, I made a TikTok about it, and it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I bust my ass every day, but then like, I take my shirt off. And and again, mine has a lot to do with loose skin, so that's why I'm constantly fighting um, my body dysmorphia because I I can't see a lot of like now I'm starting to see it because I'm at such a low weight um, that I've ever been, but like, uh, I I constantly fall back into that mindset of like, damn, like I can't see anything like. Yeah, I do 100 sit-ups a day, but I still can't see abs, you know, right, or right. things like that. So it gets in my head, but um, I just have to hush it down and realize, like, again, you're not old Dalton. He's never coming back. You've got this whole new life ahead of you. Get the ground running. Is there anything you miss? Is there anything I miss? Um, No. And, and like in all reality of, of my old being, like maybe like some of the friends that I had back then, I'm like, you know, um, maybe some of the opportunities I wish I could go back now and, and relive them as being smaller. I feel like I, I, they could have had a way bigger or different outcome, but, um, for the most part, no, I, there's nothing that I miss about being 500 pounds. Um, there's nothing that I miss at all. Is it, is it? Is it harder being 500 pounds than it is doing the work to keep the weight off? Yes. So, so you've made the right yes. decision. That's crazy, oh, yeah. isn't that? Yeah. It, no, it's so much easier than being 500 pounds, man. Like, you know, I, if I had to work out, and I'll say this in all reality, if I had to work out five hours a day to just guarantee me that I would never go back, I would do it hundred percent because that's how bad I realized how miserable I was, like how much I was looking forward to dying, how much I was not wanting to wake up every morning. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it, people think, Oh, well, I mean, it's not that big. It, it can't be that big of a deal being overweight. Like it's just being fat. Right. No, man, it's, it's some, it, there is some mental side behind it that you never would think is going through a fat person's head. Like for example, We'd have a, a work potluck, right? We've got food, enough food to feed a hundred people. And I personally would always wait till I was like the last person to go because I didn't want people to look at me going in the line. They knew I'm going to eat. We all know that Dalton's going to eat now. Really. Why the <laughs> fuck am I waiting till I'm the last right. person to go? Small things like that. Ready? 
everyone else, people that are the size of toothpicks getting second plates. Am I going to get a second plate? I'm hungry enough to eat the whole fucking table. You can't even enjoy the moment because you're already, you're, you're like a drug addict just surrounded by piles of heroin. Yeah, man. Like, and, you and can't that even was enjoy 500 the, pounds that yeah. way. So yeah. like, it was, it was this, it was this whole twisted mentality of just like, everyone's looking at me being 500 pounds. They're going to judge me if I eat more. Well, Dalton, like, like I wish I could have like just tapped myself on the shoulder and be like, dumbass, they already know you're fat. Just like either eat or make a change. Like don't make yourself even more internally miserable by thinking what others are thinking and then right. like projecting that on yourself. Just either like eat it or get the hell out like type thing, you know? Um, it's small things like that that people would never think is a big deal. But like now thinking it like I don't like walking in front of people, walking into the gym every day for me in front of people, I get my head so much and I, to the point where now i won't even walk into the gym until i have my headphones in and i i normally like i walk straight to the the locker room normally just appear like you know get ready tighten my shorts and then i'm like it's like something clicks and I'm, even I'm the only even that why now why now just uh, i think it's because i'm i'm so in my head about being in front of people and like what they'll think like even like the way I am now, like it's, it's, it's something that I, I, uh, again, this is me being hundred percent transparent. I yeah, still please. fight with it. Yeah. Yeah. I still fight with it to a day. Um, you know, do you drink alcohol? Maybe, um, I don't right now. I, I have in the past, uh, I did for a while, but, um, I'm not drinking any alcohol right now on the cut. And, and do you smoke so, weed? I do. I smoke weed. Um, I hope my job doesn't fire me for saying that. So, but yeah, I have my medicinal card in the state of Florida. So that wouldn't like, I, I can't smoke weed like that. My, like my brain gets so fucking noisy. I haven't smoked weed like in 30 years. Like I used to love it. I used to smoke it every single day. And then my brain's just too noisy. Like I can't do not even in a bad way, but like, Mm -hmm. but that's what it sounds like to me. Um, I used to have three great Danes and if I would get stoned, I wouldn't want to go out because I, I wouldn't want people talking to me. I would get overstimulated. So that's yeah. what it seems to me. Like if I, I couldn't smoke, like I couldn't smoke weed and go to the gym because my voice would be too loud. Like, is that person looking at me? Holy shit. That chick's boobs are falling out. Oh my God. Look at that guy's <laughs> butt. How hard it looks like I, I would be just too much. I would be overwhelmed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I, Maybe you just need you to not that. smoke weed ever. That, I mean, that could potentially be it. Um, I know for me, uh, so I was on depression medication and I ended up changing to um, medicinal marijuana um, here in the state of Florida. And like for me, what I'll normally do is when I get there, like when I go into the bathroom and pee, normally at that point, like I'm in my head walking in, but I have like, well, I don't have it with me right now, but normally in my hydro drug, I carry like my little pin just as a, a, a way to relax and no shit. I'll go in the bathroom, take one little, little like puff of it. And I'm good. And at that oh. point, man, I no shit. I'll do like three or four miles on the treadmill. I'm good. Like bike, dude, no lie. Kind of the it's opposite like for can, you. Gets you focused. Okay. I, I focus in and I'm the only person in the room at that point. So it's weird. I don't know why, but I'm, I love it. it. It lets me take all my anxiety out. And I'm like, okay, it's showtime. Now, now, now I can put in the work like I want to. So. Yeah, you don't seem like you smoke weed either. So, so proceed. You know what I mean? You know that type? Like, yeah. you, you have big, open, wide eyes. You don't slur. You're not. How, how does a 500 pound dude um, get into this? Is like one of my good friends calling me right now. You should be listening to the podcast, asshole, supporting me. <laughs> um, how does a how does a yeah. 500 pound dude get into a car like this? Man, like, I had like to it, take it's a so run and slammed. Jump. It's so slammed already. Uh huh. Um, um, yeah. So that's actually, um, I used to be really, really, really big into cars. Um, that was kind of like my outlet 
to escape as well as food. So, and I think that's honestly why I did put on a lot of weight is because like after all my car events and stuff, man, what did we do? We all go sit at a restaurant and eat and talk about cars. Um, but that was my, uh, that was my little car that I used to win. Um, uh, yeah, it was on full air. So it'd like air up for me to get in and out of it. Um, oh, Mm-hmm. yeah yeah man if i had to get out of that at 500 pounds bro it, no it was not happening uh no, <laughs> no okay um, so there it's it's like it's like so when you turn it on it would go and it would come up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah in fact like for me on that car because i was so big man i i was so like <laughs> out of shape i actually paid a little bit extra money to have the bluetooth version put on my phone so like when i'm walking to my car i could press a button on my phone and it would air up so then i could get in it wow so, yeah it was you it still was have that car i don't know i wish um uh, yeah it was a fun time but uh yeah i ended up getting rid of it and moving on from it so good times yeah well dalton i really appreciate you coming on uh yeah yeah i i it was it was good for me to talk to you i you know i come from this uh um hyper you know fitness community i i love weight loss stories um i i absolutely do not think just surgery in general just scares the shit out of me right um i definitely 100 percent, and i'm glad you know it too it's not it's not cheating uh absolutely but just whatever um it's a uh, it's it's a big decision, and I, and I think and I it think is. you shared yeah. that really well in your life, even up to the moment of you getting it. Like you know, you applied for it, you did the journey up to it, and then when they told you they're ready, you were like, "Holy fuck!" So I appreciate you <laughs> yeah. sharing all that. Um, Absolutely. And uh, and I'll have you in my Google alerts, and I'll be following you, and I can't wait to see Sweet. you in your in your competition. Awesome. I'm really excited for you. You think Thank you'd ever you. do steroids? So you think you'd ever get all juiced up? You know, uh, that's funny you ask that. I thought about it and, and hear me out. The reason why was to get rid of all my loose skin on my arms. Um, however, I was talking to a plastic surgeon and, um, he's like, man, we can take care of that in my office for close to very little. He's like, so all in, in fact, cause like most people cut from their elbow down to their shoulder, um, and tighten all that up. Um, I'm not, mine will be like that long right there. And so it'll tighten all because when I put my arms down by my side, I have a like a bunch of loose skin right here from my chest and arms. So it just looks kind of bad. Um, so and I'm, I'm guessing like, it's uncomfortable, that, too. So. I'm guessing it's uncomfortable, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The loose skin's awful, man. Like um, running uh, a lot of people's like, well, why don't you wear, um, you know, the, the like a girdle or something to hold you in. Yeah, girdles or, you know, all that. And, like, I wear my undershorts for compression for, like, you know, my manhood. But other than that, I'm not wearing this shit. Like, my skin's going to bounce. Let it flap. I'm already over it at this point. Like, if you want to watch it flap, let it flap. You know, there's a a million people online that's already seen my skin flap. So I don't give a shit if the person next to me in the gym is is looking at my skin flap at this point. So now I don't wear compression. Now I wear my, my t-shirt, my shorts, I wear my undershorts for compression for my, you know, like if I'm doing squats and all that, but, um, so I'll let it flap. <laughs> Are you cool with people reaching out to you? Um, and, 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 and for, with questions and social media, oh, yeah. you, you open all please that. Do. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please. If you have questions or anything, I'm, I'm open. Um, if you have questions about surgery or like, if you want to know if it's right for you or anything like that, or it's like if you're on the edge or if, hell, if you're just thinking about starting your like weight loss journey in itself and have questions, please feel free to hit me up. I'm, I'm, I will try to give you as much knowledge as I personally have. And if I don't know the answer, I'll 
we'll try to find it for you. So <laughs> awesome. But dude, thank yeah. you so much for your time. This was cool. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's been an absolute like uh, 